Well, if I'm being honest, I, I definitely got more broken up with from the voice of God than I had people wanting to marry me. It was more people wanted to break up with me for the Lord. I was not holy enough. Dang it. Well, I was really so holy. I'm just kidding. It was about my whole actually. It was because I was in Christian college, you guys. The Everyone's like, well, we got to fuck, so... Welcome to Holy Ghosting, a podcast about deconstruction from your middle-aged mom friends. I'm Lindsay, and I'm not totally sure I have ever heard the voice of God speaking clearly to me. And I'm Meg, and anytime the Lord spoke to me, I just let my finger do the walking through the Bible. Ooh, I'm Sarai, and I would agonize and fret and freak out about every moderate to mild choice I ever had to make in my young life because I could not hear the voice of God. But guess what? I can now <laughs> because the voice of God comes from inside the house. <gasps> Ooh, oh, mystery. It's so exciting. When we were kids growing up evangelical, one of the things that I was always really intrigued by and terrified by, because of course, as we've discussed, we all came up age or of young age in the throes of the satanic panic. (laughs) We saw a lot of things on TV about Ouija boards and how playing Dungeons and Dragons, not on just TV, but Christian radio especially, Dungeons and Dragons, it's going to send you straight to hell and you're going to die from it. Like all these wild things that we all thought. Uh, And one of- (laughs) Spoiler- Lindsay and I have not died from it yet, so no, probably been possessed by like a couple of demons along yeah, the way. What no, was that? Fair. What like was that McGee and Me episode about? Oh, castles and cauldrons. Yeah. Was that McGee and Me or it Adventures and Odyssey? Adventures. And I mix the two up a lot. They were like <laughs> they're the same. Right. They're from the terrible, terrible mind of James Dobson's organization. James Dobson controlling Cartoon Network. Yeah. Right. TM. TM. That's right. That's what it is. Thank you, JCCN <laughs> or JT, whatever. Marcus not Jonathan J. Taylor Thomas. It was not that. Not JTT. Way not different. JT. Totally different. Anyway, what I what I have thought about ever since I was a kid is how interesting it is that in the Bible there are places where divination is kind of allowed or authorized mm. or is written about as coming from the Lord. And there are places in the Bible where it's written about as something horrible to be avoided at all costs because witches and sorceresses and mediums and those who speak to the dead are to basically be destroyed. So I thought it'd be a fun, lighthearted topic for us to just dive into on this beautiful day. So fun. <laughs> I know, right? It is a full moon, so Mm -hmm. I think we're in the right zone. And we are coming to you from uh, the first annual Holy Ghosting retreat. Mm -hmm. Magic happens when we are in the same room. And who knows, maybe some divination will happen too if we're we're lucky. So (laughs) get ready, witches. (laughs) Can you all think of a Bible story or reference to a time when someone used a tool of some kind to determine the voice, what the voice of God was directing Israel or an individual to do. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, it's just the sheep. Gideon with the sheep skin or wool and the putting fleece, that out. The, the fleece. The fleece. It's a uh, it was the fleece. Only <laughs> yeah. got it at the outlet. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. 
And and the fact that he did it multiple times because he was like, but was it really God with the dew and the, you know, does he really have control over the elements of the earth? Which I was like, it's a good question. Uh, But that's it. That's like the only, I think that one got used over and over and over. And it was like, don't be like him, like trust God on the first time, hmm. I think was the lesson that I maybe learned from that. What about you, Linz? Um, I mean, there's a lot of like visions and hearing weird things in the Bible. I I always thought one of the the stranger ones was was Paul's with the animals coming down and like the sheet wasn't that it? Like what? Oh Peter. Oh Peter. Sorry. Mm-hmm. All those whatever. I don't all those hate Peter. P so. dudes. Um, <laughs> I don't give Paul any credit. Yeah, but about like what P-dudes. was clean and unclean and that one always just like I think as a young person it just confused me. But mm-hmm. I was also like I want to like a. Like a crystal clear vision like that, I was really um, envious of that in a way because it spelled out so clearly what was okay and what oh, wasn't okay. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. I that really resonated with me because I, I wanted that clarity. I wanted to hear that from the Lord. And I, as I said in my intro, I don't, I didn't ever feel like I heard a thing that was just like this. Like this is what the you have to do. clarity was yeah. not. Yeah. I can maybe sense you know gut feelings or whisperings or like what the church told me was right to do but i wanted god to tell me what to do yeah me specifically yep me too not through a prophet not through a pastor just you you and god because that's what we were told right it's like you and god go together in your prayer time and like that's is when all you you know you get all the messages from god and mm. yeah I find it interesting for myself thinking about the story of Gideon. One thing I had totally forgotten is how it was presented. It was talked about as like it was a weakness that he had to set out these fleeces and and that I had totally forgotten that until you said it. And that it is also it was taught that that made him weak that he had to do that. It was like God kind of gave him a like freebie on it, basically was like, oh, the Lord told him. But he's like, I don't know. It's the hero's journey where he's refusing the call. right? (laughs) And so the call to action is refused. And God's like, fine, why don't you do this stupid thing and put out some fleeces? But in the story of Gideon, he also continues doing that as he goes. And he has a different way to define exactly who is going to be in his army too, where if somebody drinks straight from the stream, get them out of here. But if they drink with their hands, I don't know if I'm switching this around or not. But, you know, <laughs> I don't, know I don't remember the details. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter. All we know is it had something to do with divination. <laughs> and so so that was how Gideon's whole story is. It's it's kind of cloaked in this sense of do do what God is telling you to do and you should know it. But if you know, if you have to lay out a fleece I mean, I remember people using that as a phrase that laying out a fleece is a thing that Christians acknowledge and do as a methodology, essentially, to be like, what is God telling me to do? It kind of akin to uh, a hedge protection, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was like one of those things that got thrown around that if you're not a Christian, you do not understand. Like, and for anyone who listens who did not grow up evangelical, there that Gideon in the Bible literally lays out a sheep's skin and determines based on whether it's wet or dry the next morning whether or not like yeah it's like the first i don't know with the order but one of them the fleece is supposed to be wet and the grass around it it, it was 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 dry dry. and then it flips or whatever to the grass is wet and the fleece is dry and it's like how many times 
do Which, you need as a that? doubting Thomas myself, I actually appreciate that yeah, about Gideon. The- like, <laughs> I appreciate that he wasn't just like one and sold. He was like, let, let's, I need a, I need a do-over. <laughs> like, th- that could have been, like, because in my mind, Gideon's like, oh, he's like sciencing it. He's like, okay, there's a way that like the dew was only attracted to sheepskin because of like the <laughs> molecular makeup of that, you know? I think he could have explained it away. So he, he was had an do- astrophysicist, yeah. honestly. He had yeah. to do it again and, uh, you know, respect. I just relate to it because I remember there's one time when I was in college and what my college used to have these things called share teams and I was on them all the time and the share teams would be kind of a smaller ensemble of singers and musicians who would go to different churches around Kansas and surrounding states on Sundays all school year. And I was on one my freshman year and then the thing they did in the summer was called well, before it was called Living Faith, but the year I joined it, it was called His Hands. <laughs> I'd just like to take one second to let that sink in because the other thing- Was it only women? No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, I was no. like, that would be next level creepy. No. If, okay. His okay. Hands and all of us were like, he touched me. Yeah. Oh, he touched me. I mean, it would it would make sense. And Nobody it would be- does me like Jesus. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> So good. So good. So let's put that I, on the track list for the album. Thing. But my band that I was in at the time, we were, were like, oh, let's go do this. But I also don't even remember why I was so agonized about whether I should do it or not. And I think when I think about it and remember what I was thinking and feeling at the time, a big part of it was that I wanted to do it. And so I thought that must that can't be a way for me to know that something is the will of God. And I was so worried about what was going to happen in the like two and a half months I was going to be on this share team driving around Kansas when I was like 18, not just Kansas. We also went to Oklahoma. That's where um, my favorite mission trip. Were you worried that like you were too in it for yourself yes. or something? Oh, my Absolutely. God. Absolutely. How? What oh. a. Yeah. Anytime I, I thought, hate that for you. I'm just gonna just gonna too. say that because here you are giving your literal life to traveling around sharing about the Lord, and yet you still feel guilt that like your sinful piece of shit self is somehow messing that up because you're doing it for like the wrong reasons or like something. Like you want attention, or Ugh. just that I wanted to do it. Like it wasn't even about that. I thought I wanted it. I didn't. I just wanted to go, and it, and there was a sense for me. I don't know exactly where I got this idea, but that the will of God was almost always going to be the thing that was going to cause more suffering. Or the hardest thing, the most challenging. I think you got that idea from white evangelicalism. That's like what I think. Because, yeah, I had not thought about it. Because the glorification of suffering and because it's always like the place you don't want to go is where God actually needs you to go. Because if you follow your sinful lusts and heart and desires, then you'll straight to hell. Sin. Straight, straight to, hell. to sinful hell. After you probably do sex and then you'll be pregnant out of wedlock or something. It is a slippery slope. We have determined <laughs> this. That is so true. That's true. Next stop, bestiality. Speaking of sheep. <laughs> we know. We know where this goes. Oh, speaking of sheep. Yeah. Yeah. We can oh, shape them Bring later. it back to the sheep. Gonna always be the sheep. Yes. As uh, we all know, they do go to heaven and goats go to hell. So this is, this is to me one of the most important things. The other thing I definitely remember doing with this same exact approach was graduating college, being offered a job that was in a church. I think I talk about it in the testimonies. We put the tea in testimonies episode. Um, and really feeling like the option was I needed to go do this job in a church, even though I absolutely did not 
want to or think it was a thing that would be interesting. Uh, but I did it because it was the harder choice for me to make. And it turned out very badly. <laughs> Oopsies. Whoops. It was really only after that that I started looking at, hey, how do I actually determine what, quote, the will of God is? And what does that even mean? And why am I trying to decipher something that maybe can or can't be known, depending on who you ask? So I don't know. There's some critical moments in my life where I didn't know how to divine what the will of God or the voice of God was supposedly saying. I'm curious if there are times that you were able to do that successfully or if you couldn't or if you have anything where you can say, oh, this this was a decision I had to make and I didn't know. Even if it's like, which shoes should I wear with this outfit? Like, I feel like I got superstitious about God's will and God's voice a lot about a lot of stupid stuff. Like it was really kind of a wild thing for me. So I always struggled with hearing from God, like specifically. Um, I, my sisters and everyone around me would have these like visions and, and I felt like I understood that God was real and I saw things in my life that weren't necessarily, I couldn't explain them, but I just couldn't, there was never... I don't really remember a time in my life where there was just this thing where I was like, yes, God laid this on my heart. I want to do this. And there were small, simple realizations. But it, in my family, at least, that was kind of shameful because we were definitely charismatic, if not borderline charismatic at certain points in my childhood. And so to be sent out, we would, my mom would send us out, me and my sisters, to go pray and listen and to God and then we would come back and kind of report on what we heard. And I imagine it would have been fine to say nothing, at least some of the time. But like when you're doing this over and over and over again, I can't say nothing every, <laughs> every time. time. Mm -hmm. And and of course, there weren't times where there was nothing. Sometimes I would just go read my Bible and I'd come back and be like, I liked reading this thing. But it was never that I was never able to conjure God in that way. Like. I would never have a vision. Like sometimes I'd be like, oh, sure, a picture would come into my mind. But it's like a thing that I conjured, Same, right? Yes. Yeah. And I'd be so, like, I was just daydreaming. Yeah. yeah. And it's really hard to know. But also like my youngest sister would come back with these wild, but she's like the most imaginative, creative, artistic. Yeah. yeah. And I'm a logical, and, and you know, mind you, I also had like pretty big T trauma in my childhood. Mm -hmm. I lost my older brother in a tragic car accident, like got thrust into the older child world. So I just think I was just so buttoned up in a lot of ways and I wasn't in a lot of ways allowed to be a kid. So I think some of those things that my sisters were were just being kids mm -hmm. like and letting their imaginations run. that's that's sort of my thought on that and it's interesting because also in my family I was the only one who didn't pursue a life in ministry and I didn't feel like God's calling on my life in mm -hmm. that way and I never did and maybe that's because I couldn't hear I don't know like I believe God and there are certain times in my life even now as a person who like does not say like saying things like this sometimes I will be like Ooh, I feel like a God thing or something. Like, I don't know how else to say it, right, at this point in my life because there are things that will happen. I'm like, damn it. Like, that all really came together in a supernatural way, right? Like, I cannot explain. Like, yes, things like that happen. But, yeah, I, I don't have a time where I can just, like, pinpoint. And I think I struggled with it for a time, but maybe – at a certain point, again, like with my doubt, maybe it like saved me in a way because mm -hmm. there was less agony. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of, I have just had to learn to like rely on myself and my abilities again because of 
my childhood and because everyone around me was going through a lot. And so I just kind of had to be strong and power through. And that just took more of my mental energy. And do you think, did it feel like you didn't have time to go seek God's advice? Or did you feel like you already knew the choice that you should make? Did you agonize over decisions in any way? Or did you, were you more decisive? No, I, I am not an agonize over decisions person. Uh, it's just not, not in me. Um, I think that there was times where I feel guilty after I made a decision. Like, that's probably not a good Christian girl <laughs> thing to do, you know? But in the moment, I, again, I think just because there was so much chaos around me, I just learned from a very young age that I, I had to rely on myself. And whether or not I believed that that was like, I think I always believed God was helping me. I loved prayer. I would ask God for the strength to do things. Mm-hmm. And, um, but still to this day, it's really hard for me to disentangle like what, you know, at the time I never wrestled with it, but just sort of like, what's God's strength versus my strength? Cause you know what? Like I kind of always believed I was strong. And so I feel like I was released from some of that weird guilt and the wrestling because I really did just have to take care of myself and I grew up really fast. And so maybe I didn't need, you know, to hear that still small voice. I don't know. Like (laughs) this is probably sounding really heretical to some people, but that's just how I was. Yeah. How about you? I I know there is some, (laughs) I know we are different in this way. Yeah. There were some very, it's interesting when you talk about your sisters kind of with that child like imagination. And I wonder Like, I just never really thought about that before, but I did allow myself to go into kind of a a dreamy place, a place where I felt like I could go to meet God. I I didn't feel like God was on the same earthly plane as me. I really felt that I had to, like, get outside of the world and all of the things around it to then find God, which surprisingly is the same way that I found myself and my own is to, to leave all of the things of the world outside influences, get rid of those and really go internal to find myself, which is my intuition, which is my higher power. Um, but as a kid, gosh, I loved to talk to Jesus. Like he was in my closet one time. It was really sweet. Uh, he didn't speak to me, but I did see him. And then I just like felt the presence, like the calming like the spiritual presence of God. Uh, But other times I really did hear God's voice. What I intuit is God's voice. Um, Where I went on my missions trip, we had to like go pray, like seek the Lord. Anytime that I would go into fervent prayer where I would block out every other sound or influence or fear, um, that's where I would go to find God and to hear God which is literally the same thing I do now to go center myself and and figure out my own, like, what do I want? Like, answer that question for myself instead of going, God, what do you want? God, what do you want? God, what do you want? And it took so long because I was going outside of myself to find the answer. Mm -hmm. And um, it's like uh, so much simpler now because I, I kind of have now found myself to the place where you were as a kid, maybe through trauma, but it it did serve you, like you said, to to be confident in yourself and to go, well, I I made the decision and maybe it was a like challenging one, 
Well, it's like, I don't know whether it's God or my gut or my intuition. I don't know. It feels right. Like this feels yeah. like the right way forward and there doesn't have to be so much like, I don't know what voice is telling me to do that, but it feels like the right thing to do. So mm-hmm. it's kind of freeing when you can. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really is. I, I think for me, a lot of it was about not even just second guessing myself, but knowing that my really believing that myself was so inherently bad that there wasn't any way that I could do anything right without really leaning on God. And I did want to hear God's voice. Like I wanted to literally hear it. Um, But you know, like it was actually really interesting because when I was the first time I really thought, oh wait, maybe I've been doing, hearing this all along before I recognized that it was my own intuition. When my ex-husband was home from YWAM for a while before we got married and he was talking about hearing the voice of like, oh, I heard God say whatever, you know, a thing. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. How do you hear God? What does that mean when you say that? And he's like, you know, you just sort of know it or you get an idea that doesn't feel like it came from you or something. And I'm like, what? Why have all these people been telling me? Basically, I thought everyone that was hearing the voice of God was like Samuel in the Old Testament. <laughs> the loud, <laughs> booming yeah, from yeah, the, the sky <laughs> voice. Like Samuel, and he just kept ignoring it like, oh no, going to his keeper. <laughs> wasn't his father. Like whatever he was. I mean, like, yes, you, you, yes, Charles, you wanted me. Yes, you called. <laughs> and his, his teacher's like, go the fuck to bed. Why are you still up? <laughs> I put you down hours ago. You've given you 10 glasses of water. Like, stop. <laughs> and then finally, he's like, I am here, Lord. <laughs> you know, I'm listening. And that that was me just being like, somebody talk to me. Tell me something. But it took a long time for me to feel into my intuition because I was so determined to be such an excellent Christian. This is why I hate Paul. Thank you so much. Um, the apostle, not anyone named Paul. You're all fine. You're all good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But the the idea of making your body a slave, basically the dualism of your body is evil, but your spirit is good if it's with Jesus or something. I didn't I didn't have any ability to get in touch with my body to feel my intuition. Or if I did, it was scary to me and I shut it down because I wasn't able to or allowed really to feel anything deep. It, you know, even just in my household, it was a, you know, generally happy house, but we also used humor to mask our truth. Mm. And so when I felt true or when I was having a real experience or emotional challenge, like it was not a place where I could go to be met in that. And so I kind of just learned how to fill up that gap with drawing pictures and writing very sad nocturnes in my room as a child. (laughs) (laughs) I will say I was thinking while we're talking about this, like I am great. The one thing I'm grateful for that we didn't quite skew as crazy as the faith communities that were more like the the Bethel healing communities because mm-hmm. that really – talk about like not being in tune with your body because if there was something wrong with you, it was like you didn't have enough faith. Yes. Oh, to heal, to get Yeah, because yes. I yeah. know people who were mm-hmm. that way yeah. and that was – we did not Oof. believe that in my family and I'm really grateful for that because the yeah. thought of like – you're sick and it's your fault. Oh, God. It like, oh, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Mm-mm. And I am so sad that there are people out there who still believe that. And it is such a damaging, like your faith is, ugh, yeah, the not having it, like you just didn't believe. And it's, there's so many things in Christianity where like it's so easy to put back on you that right, it's your yeah. fault. And, and 
the evangelicalism I grew up in certainly did plenty of that, but didn't take it to quite this far as like illness and da da. And I think my parents were pretty sensitive about that, like with my brother dying and he also like had autism. And so, and at that time, autism wasn't really understood. And so, but my mom was like, not as far as I know, she wasn't asking God to heal him Mm, or remove that, you know, like they celebrated him for like who he was. Um, I, I will say, I wanted to ask, um, I, I see in the, the show notes here, Meg, I didn't realize that I think I did this too, that did you do the thing where you closed your eyes and 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 held out your finger in, in the Bible? Is that what you were saying earlier? Yeah, so it, it's like um, you ask a question. Oh, yes, I have. Like, Lord, you know, yeah. whatever, should I make out with this boy. No, I never did no, it about no, that. No, no, um, no. It was because you knew the answer was no. The answer was absolutely you knew the answer was no. It would have been yes as long as his pee didn't go in your V. <laughs> Even then, I still thought that the Lord was like, the Lord was like, calm don't make down. out with anybody. I just didn't pay attention to the Lord at that moment. I was oh, like, kind sure. of distracted. Yeah. <laughs> no, for me, it was like, um, you know, it was a lot of fear-based things. It was like, I'm afraid of this thing. And, you know, kind of like Sarai, like, should I go join this group or should I participate in this church event? And it was all church-related. Yeah. But it was just... Which so I Christian would, college should I attend? Exactly. So I would just open the Bible. a non-Christian college was not. I no. would flip back and forth and I would kind of do this like... And I would close my eyes and I would just sense if I should go more towards the New Testament or keep it back in the old because we all know when you are really good at that Bible sword, finding the scripture sword game, sword yeah. drills, yep. that you know exactly where every book of the Bible is as sure. you I mean, I had that thumb shit through, right? Memorized. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, going that, towards the New Testament is always a safer bet that you're not going to land on a verse that's about like sodomy or something. Foreskins. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think I tried to lean into the Psalms. Mm, you know, sure. yep. I think that just Proverbs, intuiting good, yeah, yeah, into yeah. the yeah. Proverbs. You knew how far. girl myself. <laughs> I'm like, everything is meaningless. Thank you for this message today. Oh, but I did thought you, love- you were a Proverbs 31 woman. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to be, but in my heart, I was really just a sad, weird, nerd golf person. <laughs> but that moment when you kind of like, it's a Ouija board, right? It's the yes. moment where you take your finger and you go to like, Okay, I've I've landed on the the open book. Yeah, still my eyes closed. I did this always with my eyes closed. I felt like I was gonna impart my own shit if I like saw a word and you know. So I it was know. very if much I opened blind. My eyes a little bit, and I saw that the text was red. I knew I was like good to go. You know, <laughs> like I, it was definitely like because I did this too, and I don't ever remember what I did it about, but I definitely did the like. Find, I did it a lot. Yeah, I did the find your purpose and this is the question i have being here in this cabin with our like decks of tarot cards and what have you it is wild to be like it it feels the same Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways it is just it's that random right you're picking a card and it's so it's hard it's funny i think because of my pushback on doing these sort of things when i was young makes me still feel like how the fuck is picking a card out of a deck meaningful (laughs) Like my finger hitting that verse in the Bible didn't mean shit and my card doesn't mean shit because it just, and I think that's just the phase that I'm in. I know that's not always true, but I'm just, I'm just in the like, I don't know, dude. We like, love our doubting Lindsay. <laughs> she is the it's my good. favorite. It also feels like, I mean, I will say, I say this a lot, like once evangelical, always evangelical. Uh, might it's just like be about different you. things. Like a friend of mine who's agnostic now and is like polyamorous and is like always trying to convert everyone to polyamory. Like I do feel like mm. y- the kinds of personalities that we have that drew us to evangelical Christianity, I think that we want to find 
a different system, whether it be a being an Episcopal, whether it was being a witch. Like I think that, and there are threads that go through it all. And then divination is a thread. I'm just bringing it, I'm just bringing it, I'm keeping us on topic like the type A biatch <laughs> that I am. Sorry, guys. I'm just bringing it back to divination because I was on a little wee rant. But does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. How, of course it does. I mean, I know that that's kind of what we're talking about in this yeah. episode, but it like kind of hits me sometimes. Where I'm like, it's all the same shit. We're just giving yeah. it a different name. It, 100%. Exactly. And it's also where do we locate where that power is in relationship to us yep. as well. And so for me, I love that you said all of that because my my thinking on it has always been kind of the same way before I left the church and before whatever I was like, okay, well, maybe I don't need to be afraid of these things, but it's not something I'm going to consult because why would I do that once I finally figured out how to just be a person and not freak out about every single thing, you know? I mean, I guess I was like probably in my late teens when that happened. But um, yeah, I think for me, what has been really interesting is as I left Christianity, and I've mentioned this before, it was really hard for me to not believe in something. And for a long time, I said that I couldn't not believe in God. And it, it, it was still the God that I believed in long, long ago, right? Sort of the same idea of God, which became vaguer and less like um, anthropomorphic over time. So I wasn't trying to cast God in my own image so much as like a person, a human. Um, but what really started to happen for me as I started to get in touch with my body and become healed through all of this trauma that I had, um, the first thing that I did to start reconnecting in with my body was after being sexually assaulted, I started doing chakra meditation with a, uh, with just my headphones on. It was like Apple music. And I found one I liked and I was like, I think this is something I need to figure out. And even then I was like, ooh, chakra. I was like, that's creepy and uh-oh, <laughs> that's kind of, that's scary. But I also thought of that at the time as reference points on my body that mm -hmm. I could use and like take the symbology behind it and understand it as it relates to the truth for me. And it was really important to go through this experience of partly just feeling into the different spaces. So in this in this chakra meditation, it started with my root chakra, which is like they say is located on your perineum, basically. And it's, um, it's that grounding energy. I never had it at all. Like I never felt grounded in the earth. I always was ether girl, like just mm -hmm. head in the Jesus God clouds, like I take action, I make things happen, but I never felt grounded and I never felt like I was like allowed to be here mm. unless I worked really hard and then I could be here. But yeah. the truth, like the root chakra right is essentially the right to be here and the right to take up space and exist on this planet. And so that just starting with those kinds of concepts and feeling that space in my body, I remember being so clenched up and terrified when I first started doing it. And realizing over time that like my unwillingness to relax my pelvic floor hmm. was causing me to be in pain everywhere all the time. Hmm. I once went to the gynecologist because I was like, I don't know what's going on. But I after I had my second baby, I was just like, I can't have sex like I'm not I don't know what to do. And she was like, OK, let's see. And just examined me. And she's like, yeah, you're just like clenching your entire pelvic floor. And so it feels like there's a lot of tightness and wow. like it's it feels like a bruise to you inside your vagina because you're holding it really closed. And I'm like, fuck. OK, <laughs> like even the fact that it it was a physical 
yeah. reaction, right? Yeah. That your body physically changed because of that. Yeah. Wow. And I didn't know I was doing it because that was the normal way for me to be all the time. It was really ingrained in me that your body is a temple and, you know, you have to keep people from stumbling and, 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 and mm -hmm. I just feel like I'm, I'm doing a, a flexation, a flexation, uh, pose right now where I'm like hunched over, you know, protecting my CD underbelly, my actual belly. Hmm. That is the, that is one of the ways that this kind of thing can affect us. And it affected my posture, my ability to be a just walk even. So well, I, and as a woman with boobs in the church as well, I feel like we always were trying yeah. to hide them. I feel like, and some of it was because they're big and they caused my neck pain, but a lot of it too is like you just, you can't flaunt them. Like if you, yeah. if you, my mm. doctor would always tell me you need to stand, but like if you stand straight, then you're freaking, it, the church thinks you're a whore because you're <laughs> jutting your chest out. So it's right. like we were taught to be like meek and mild and, yeah, Bent over the whole burden of being alive and having boobs. It yeah. always comes back to that every goddamn time. How, how about you, Meg? What do you think about divination tools and the process of identifying what you know to be the next move for you or, or whatever it, you might use it for? Yeah, I remember in my early 20s after I had moved uh, away from home, was married, obviously, and I realized that my body was aging you know, even in your early 20s where you kind of start to just get those like pain, little pain moments. And I realized that I needed to figure out a solution. So I found yoga and I was really, really worried to tell my mom because I thought that she, you know, because of my upbringing, I thought that she would look down on it, that, you know, there was this meditation portion of yoga that I felt really bad about. And I would like not do that part of it. I would just do like some stretches. And then, but when it was time to kind of like come into yourself and center, that really scared me. Like I thought I was inviting demons or, you know, something else to like participate because it wasn't God. It wasn't like me and Jesus doing yoga. So that meditative part of it was like, I think the, you know, it was like broke the seal, like where it, I realized that it was okay, that it actually felt good in my body to settle in and to focus in and to breathe really slowly and deeply. Like that whole process was the start for me moving into listening to what my body needed and what felt right and good for my body, which has nothing to do with anybody else. So I, I was able to release the shame of it. And then I told my mom, I was like, I just want to let you know that I've, I've been doing this, but I'm not doing it for the spiritual side. I'm only doing it for the like body movement side. And she told me she thought it was wonderful and that she used to do yoga. And, you know, before she was a Christian, that was just one of these things. And she was like, I think it's a really wonderful thing. And that release, I think, from a parental, you know, figure, a person who was like, do this, don't do that, um, 
was kind of that first moment for me. And it's just been a slippery slope since. Well, I mean, mm. what I want to ask you is, why didn't you seek out Christian yoga? I mean, it has to exist, right? There's a Christian I mean, version of everything. It did not exist. It didn't. It, there, it, didn't. No it was still there's too. No it was still too taboo. Yeah. It was like back to the theme. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It was like 2002. Like, I've seen Christian yoga in the last probably five to seven years. And Okay. Which, let me just add. Meditate on the Right. I I feel like it's really important for us to acknowledge, like I talked about chakras earlier, right, which is a yogic tradition. And I think it is, it's funny, my, my favorite witch teacher, and I took a yoga teacher training class from her years ago, Daniel Dolsky said in the training, yoga is a gateway drug for witcher, witchery <laughs> because, it is, because it is, because you're getting in touch with your internal energy and like mm-hmm. understanding how to yoke your body, mind, and spirit, like that's what yoga means. So our moms weren't wrong. Our moms were not <laughs> wrong. Our moms were right. That it is a slippery slope. Well, as you were talking about this sense of like kind of dropping your guard a little bit, I can't help but think of my story as well, which I just told is like clenching and holding. Hmm. And I I feel like piece by piece, it's almost like dismantling the what we called the armor of God. Wow. You know, okay. I had my breastplate of righteousness, <laughs> yes. yeah. my helmet of salvation. So it's covering up my crown chakra. It's covering up my heart. You know, like that's true. Wow. So I think it's yeah. one, I want to make sure that I'm I'm clearly, we are clearly addressing the fact that it is literally c- cultural appropriation to take another spiritual tradition and then say like it's christian now which is literally what pa- like christians do all to everything time. yeah to uh, literally and, and, and you and can't go somehow, to regular counseling you have to go to christian yes, counseling but why is it okay you, why can't, is it okay? you can't wear a coca-cola t-shirt <laughs> you have to wear a christ-a-cola t-shirt <laughs> Jesus peanut butter cups <laughs> or something. And what is it just the fact that somebody just added Jesus to it that makes it fine? Like that turns it from the potential satanic world and it just says if we just put Jesus in front of it, then all of the other potential things that could get some power won't. I think it's easier than doing the work, like living in the gray of like knowing that there's there's a lot out there that we can tap into. And if we just slap Jesus on it, then it's like there's no danger. You can't summon mm-hmm. demons if you're doing Jesus yoga, you know, if you're meditating <laughs> on the Lord. Yes. Yeah. Right. Which honestly comes back to what the Bible does say about divination throughout. It's always talking about seek out wisdom from your God. If you're not doing that, then you're bad. And again, like I mentioned earlier, I accidentally have to talk about patriarchy again. So hold on, <laughs> skip a forward. I think, that that probably. I think we need to have like instead of a swear jar, like when Sarai brings it back to the patriarchy, we have to put. So we we need a capitalism jar, a patriarchy jar, and white supremacy. White supremacy colonizer. There we go. Four jars. Wait, did we say colonizer already? <laughs> no, capitalism. Yeah, yeah. There's the four things. I think it's just one jar because I'd like to get <laughs> yeah, to a pizza one party a lot sooner. Right, right, right. Ice cream and pizza party? Yeah. yeah. When I actually, sidebar, when I lived in Kansas with my brother and sister, we all went to the Central Christian College of Kansas for one year together. And we used to have a swear jar at our house. And it was so that we could save up for pizza parties. <laughs> we <laughs> encouraged swearing in the home. It was like part of our house rules that we had on the wall. But this sense of like taking off that armor is 
not as an affront to God, but as a way to reconnect in to the spirituality that is already inherently a part of being human. Whether or not people are consider themselves spiritual or whatever they believe, it doesn't exactly matter. Really kind of to your point, Lindsay, as far as talking about cards and the meaning inherent in things, it isn't necessarily that there is meaning at all. I don't know. But part of what's fun and beautiful and joyous about being human is the opportunity to create meaning mm. in ways that feed us and feed the world. So for me, going into divination tools, things like tarot or um, pendulum, I love to use a pendulum, or I, I actually brought with me um, a scrying stone. So a scrying is looking at something. It could be um, like a flame that's called pyromancy and you can watch a flame tell you a story or just be with it. You can hold a rock or a stone or a crystal and just be with it and spend time like gazing at it with a soft gaze. And so any of these things are considered sometimes divination tools and also they're meditative tools. They're things to help us keep our minds away from figuring everything out all the time. Meg? <laughs> uh, is it also those 3D posters that are in the mall mm -hmm. where you can cross your eyes and then see a vision like it's, it's divination those. for sure mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. i'm thankful those were allowed in my home though those weren't i mean it's so arbitrary right like what was decided i think that's part of what we're getting at with this is just like if it's in the bible and it happens well and the bible says it's a good kind of div divination like gideon or peter peter paul one of the peas <laughs> um but then if it was like Honestly, oftentimes like a woman who's like telling the future, like the whole fortune telling, then that's not kosher. Yeah. Don't yeah. look in the, don't look in earth. Don't look in the tea leaves. Don't look on your palm. Don't look to the stars. Don't Most wa importantly. Don't watch Harry Potter. Don't let a lady tell you anything. And do not she's a witch. suffer a witch to live. That's literally <laughs> yeah. in Deuteronomy. Like that's what it says. And so this, to me, this, uh, thank you for bringing it back to patriarchy because I did get a little <laughs> off track, but that's in the jar. what this is. In the jar, ding, ding, yep, ding. There we go. Thank you. There's $14. <laughs> We're so close to a pizza party. Although with inflation, let me tell you, I ordered takeout pizza recently. Oh yeah. Shit's expensive now. Whoa. My was... beloved Domino's with their $7.99 carryout special uh -huh. is not $7.99 anymore, no. guys. No. It's like $13.99. <laughs> it's a desperate time. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah, especially because my kids only eat pizza. So <laughs> basically, I'm giving everything up just to feed my children pizza. So join our Patreon because we need money to feed our children pizza that has doubled in price. Yeah, that's not our fault. That's can't, I can't afford round table. That's in this not economy, round table? <laughs> Come no. on. With no. the sides? No. Oh. We're just looking for a pizza sponsorship at this point. That would be great. <laughs> but at any point, great. any local pizza places want to sponsor the pod, mm -hmm. we're here. Mm -hmm. It's uh, patreon.com backslash holy ghosting. <laughs> this will be great slash. for social media. <laughs> forward slash. <laughs> Just do the slash. There's a just song. do the kind that goes on the internet. You, you know, know how to you do know it. how to do things, people. Google it. I don't know. Go to Patreon.com and type in "holy ghosting," and then just throw five dollars a month. <laughs> okay, I'm just I'm gonna skip that part. Wait, what Back were we talking to about? Divination, uh, patriarchy. patriarchy, right? Witches. So it's sometimes it was okay if a man did it. Mm. Saul consulted a fortune teller woman to conjure the spirit of Samuel. And he was dethroned because of it, according to Kings or Chronicles or one of those books, or maybe both. I don't remember where things are. 
Thank goodness. <laughs> that's a sign of my trauma healing is not remembering that. But that's, that's, I think, an important aspect of this too, is that for in, when I call myself a witch, I'm talking about my standing in and accepting and believing in the power that I already have always had with me, in me, that there's not a separation between any person and godness or the power that comes through spirituality that I can imbue something with meaning and it can become useful to me. So things like astrology, I used to just scoff and be like, this is stupid. What? I'm a, I guess I'm a cancer, but I don't feel like that's whatever. It's like they cry all the time and they're mean kind of, I don't know. But, um, but that has also become a tool of self-knowledge and introspection and everything can become a jumping off place if you find it helpful or useful and you also don't have to do any of it. But the tools that are there are to take the intuition I feel, but still have a hard time calculating internally mm. and externalizing it and putting it on the outside of my body so that I can know how I'm responding to an input. So like with a pendulum, it's an, a yes or no question that you ask a pendulum, you're holding it and you, you have it show you like what's yes, what's no. And you know, whether it works or not in real life, I don't know, am I subtly controlling it with unconsciously? Maybe. Does it matter to me? Not really, because the thing I'm doing is saying, hey, this or this, yes or no, some kind of question. And then I watch what happens with the pendulum and I'm either like, totally like, yes, OK, it is a yes. That makes sense to me. Or if it's a yes and I'm like, oh, no, that sounds terrible. Then I'm like, OK, well, now I know, you know, it's not that the pendulum has the truth inside of it. It's that I do. And my reaction to the pendulum is the truth that I need to act on recognizing that it might be giving me a message that that doesn't resonate with me. And when that's the case, great. Then like, is there anything here for me or not? Doesn't matter. Now I have a better sense of like what I already know hmm. is true. So I do a thing with my kid whenever he had to make a decision about something. Let's just say, would you like ice cream, chocolate or vanilla? I don't know. They both sound amazing. So I would take a left hand and I say, OK, I'm going to have this be chocolate, this be vanilla. I'm going to put things behind my back. I'm going to switch them around. Now you pick a hand. Well, I don't know which one I want. Just pick a hand. Left. It's chocolate. I don't really feel like chocolate. Great. Well, the decision is vanilla. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just a way that I kind of started doing that without a pendulum or a crystal or a rock or a thing. So once I realized that there was this option to just gut check myself mm -hmm. and give myself, get myself out of my own head of like consequence or what about this? And what if I made the wrong decision? And what it's just ice cream. Yeah. And most of the decisions in life are like, it's kind of just ice cream. So, yeah. well, it's funny for me because I feel like one of the few things I do trust in life is my gut and not my actual guts because I have ideas. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> so that part, not so great. But my my intuition, and I've talked about this in therapy, and sometimes I don't fully know why, but again, because I had to get myself through and take care of myself until I've learned to trust that like I will take care of me. And I don't always. There's things, again, in therapy, I'm working through the like the things that I did for so long that served me, maybe don't serve me the walls that I put up, the things that I did to protect mm -hmm. myself. But that's why it's interesting with all of these, with tarot, with pendulums, all these like sometimes, and it's even interesting with my my current faith and how it informs me and my belief in, in God and Jesus and all that. 
it's still like I, I'm not hearing the voice of God. It's just, again, giving me sort of a roadmap mm. for like my values and why I do what I do, at least part of why. But it all just still kind of goes back to my gut. And so I think there's not a fear around it, but there's sort of like, I don't know that I need, like, I feel like when I pull a tarot card, it's always like sometimes it'll be a confirmation of what I'm thinking, sometimes it's not, and that's fine. But yeah, it's interesting because I just don't feel drawn to those things because I'm like, yeah, I just I'm just gonna go with what's you've you've in practiced here. that. It's you know what it's a it's a way though that like I'm inspired by that that you have kind of been able to trust that I'm just figuring that part out of me. I've been so overly concerned with what everyone else's opinions are and how I can live up to the standards to always be the good girl, and it's now just. I think because I've been able to practice to gut check against a tarot card or somebody else's like word of knowledge, like when people would give you that word of knowledge or prophesy over you, uh, me happened a lot. I would um, trust them. I would trust that they knew the best thing for me, not that I knew the best thing for me. And, And that's a real mind shift now for me to be able to pull a card, look at it, read it decide what am I resonating with and yeah. what things am I going, uh, nah. Well, um, and, and going back to the dang Downing Thomas prophecy that we always talk about, it's like, well, maybe that set me up for six. Like, it made me not really believe in that prophecy process. Or maybe I kind of did. I was just like, this isn't... <laughs> It's not a bad thing. I'm not hearing the voice of God, and clearly other people aren't hearing it for me. So <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting. I think the idea that other people can do that for us. It One reason why I like tools and things that I can use and ways that I can check myself as I grow and heal and also, you know, slide back sometimes. Sometimes I backslide <gasps> in my walk. Ooh, backslide. Away from Christianity. <laughs> and then <laughs> backslide. I have to recalibrate again and be like, why do I keep praying to this? Just, just kidding. <laughs> that's that's a joke. But, but the truth is it is uh, easy. It was easy for me when I was young to go along with what dudes would say, especially mm. dudes, man. Like I had at least three people tell me we're going to get married because God wants us to be together, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, OK, well, maybe I guess I'll see what happens. And it well, it did not end up happening. <laughs> thank goodness. Because those I things always confuse me. I'm like, them. like you heard why, about me. Yeah. Why am I not hearing that? Like, yeah. Are we talking to the same God? God didn't tell me that. Don't you think he'd tell us both if we were? You would think. You would Except think. Except that also you know, even though I was a secretly a feminist somehow, I also still knew my me saying that back would not land on someone's ears who was ready to hear. Mm. Well, if I'm being honest, I, I definitely got more broken up with from the voice of God than I had people proclaim, wanting to marry me. It was more people wanted to break up with me for the Lord. So oh, that was my claim to fame. It was really, the Lord really. Um, and the Lord would just turn out to be another girl that they dated mm. three weeks after me that then they would go on to marry. I just wasn't, <laughs> wasn't marriage material or something. I was not holy enough. Dang it. Well, I was really so holy. I'm just kidding. It was about my whole actually. It was because I was in Christian college, you guys. <laughs> The everyone's oh like, well, oh. we got to fuck, so let's Marriage. get engaged. <laughs> and I'm like, that's okay. That seems like a lot, but 
since you said it. I don't know how to say no to people. That's really awkward and makes me feel bad. I mean, it does make sense to me that because the voice of a man was so strong in our lives, not just from like father figures and pastors and deacons and everyone who made every decision, every like proclamation, every important head person. Patriarchy. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Just that it's almost as if it wasn't a male voice that I was hearing. If it was a feminine voice, which is me, I would not listen to it. Dang it. That makes a lot of sense. I never listened for a female voice ever. So didn't even dawn on me that God could sound like that. So (laughs) I know what my internal voice sounds like. It sounds like a badass, but you know. (laughs) I love it. One of the things I did right really early on in my I'm not a Christian anymore journey was decided to take a mediumship course. And I so I did. And it was really funny. Like it was really funny and fun to dabble in the dark arts. <laughs> Just to, you know, to, to experience that and to, you know, for me mediumship was like not my thing at all, but I did I do love anything that is based on archetypal language and tells an archetypal story. And that's part of why I really love astrology. And I really love working with different archetypal things because it helps me again to project out like, oh, we as human beings have created characters and, you know, the idea of different beings with certain attributes that we can look to and so that we can predict what happens next. So as I as I talked about, I think for me, it's been a really healing thing to reconnect with my own power and stop looking out where outwardly Mm -hmm. for other people or some other entity that's separate from me to tell me what to do or how to how, you know, comfort me when I'm feeling a certain way or whatever. I'm curious about for you, Meg, like how that has assisted in healing or not. Yeah, I feel like my uh, inward work has healed my external body and it's done that because I've listened for it and then I've reacted in ways that my body can heal and being able to know that I have that power and knowledge of myself and I don't have to seek that knowledge about me outside of me but that I can just seek you know doctors or therapists like support but that I really am the one who has the power to know myself and to become my full self. And it's it really did start with me using tools to gut check that stuff. And I, I found myself always pulling a card and being like, well, that must be right. That must be me. The cards, wait a minute, wait mm-hmm. a minute. Because I just pendulum swung, no pun intended, because I sometimes do use a pendulum, but I just swung to a place of repeating the same thing, that the power was still outside of me and that I was leaning on these tools and things just like I did when I would flip open the Bible with my eyes closed and point my finger somewhere to to, to get something back. And I was confused by God a lot of the times when I put my finger on a scripture and I thought, well, that's probably my mistake. I probably didn't really listen to where God wanted my finger to go. This is just me not hearing God again. And, oh, I'm such a terrible, you know, whatever. So that was a struggle for me to to not go back into that same pitfall again Mm -hmm. of not trusting myself. So I'm I'm working on it. It's it's a progress thing. And 
I'm proud of that work though, because I was really fearful of demonic possession. Mm -hmm. I was really fearful because I, I've had some really scary experiences with panic attacks and, and seeing visual things that I could not explain. And so now to be able to do things like smoke marijuana or take mushrooms, which I just did for the first time, and to be able to recognize that those tools helped to, me to get back into myself mm -hmm. and that I can now find that space within me again because I saw it. I saw the power within me. And even though it was a glimmer of that, I know that it exists and that I can tap into it and find it again. So the healing really did happen inward out. And my my physical body has since been evolving because I've been able to heal that internally. And I think we were talking earlier about this, not on mic, but we were saying that like, it's kind of going back to what we were talking with Derek Webb about is taking the parts that are useful and leaving the other things behind. Whatever that might look like, I think that you can divine information from God, whoever he or she may be, or the universe in, in so many different ways. And I think that like, I think it's really beautiful to watch my friends go through this. And while I may not be there, it's not because I'm against these things. I just haven't really done. I mean, I've done tarot. I've never actually done a pendulum. So I might have to, you know, I dabble in that. Um, certainly not against it. It's just literally nothing I've ever tried. A lot of it is just me and how mm -hmm. I am. But the same thing is like knowing the work that I've done internally, the work that I do with my therapist to like center myself and to like, you know, I'm really good at listening to my instinct and my gut. The thing I'm not good at listening to is like my inner child or the parts of myself that are hurt or the parts of myself that try to protect me from the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that like learning how to breathe and slow down and checking in with those parts of myself, it's been really hard, but really freeing. Mm -hmm. And same thing, I think I've talked about my current faith community has been so healing and freeing. And the fact that I can go to a place where I'm not judged, mm -hmm. where I'm, I'm put in a position of lead, I still kind of freak out. Like last night, someone from my church pulled me aside after like a church event and was talking to me about listening to my podcast. And my nerve, I was just, mind you, I'm like board president of my church. And we just put out an episode on how much drugs <laughs> I do, you know? <laughs> and so I was just like, uh. This is your senior warden on drugs. Yes. Yeah. And so I was nervous and she was just then we had a delightful chat about our favorite edibles like it was great I was because I still have so much fear about and just finding a community where I'm like oh because again there's still a lot of stigma around those things we don't mm -hmm. we don't walk into a church and talk about what drugs that we are on or not on you know and so I think that I don't know I'm not that worried that I'm not hearing that beautiful feminine voice tell me what to do. But I also feel like knowing yourself and knowing the parts of your faith that like inform you and help you walk forward and like be in yourself and your body. And I don't know, it's really beautiful. And I think that like not to pat ourselves on, that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to create a community of people who can be real and honest about and, and want to do the work with us and wherever that, I don't, we don't think that there's any one way you have to land and any one way you have to be and any one tool that you have to use. And heck, I hope that you all hear a voice, that you have visions, that you divine, that you practice in some divination. I do. Like, I think that 
so many of us, the way that we are raised, we we turned off a lot of those yeah. parts of yeah. ourselves. And I think that that's really unfortunate. And I love that we have all these beautiful ways to kind of open up those parts of ourselves. And we are Holy Ghosting. Join us on socials at Holy Ghosting Pod or on TikTok at Holy Ghosting. And we would love for you to join us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com backslash Holy Ghosting and become an eternal ghostie. And maybe we'll see you next year at the winter retreat. Forward slash. <laughs> Find us at patreon.com forward slash holy ghosting. Forward slash you bitch. <laughs> it's just whatever the slash is. My intuition told me You'll to tell figure you. it out. God told me it's a forward slash. I was like getting a little. It is Sunday, so I was just preaching a little. Perfect. It's exactly right. Yes, and amen. Taking a church. Amen. Did you just say amen? Amen. <laughs>